0: Week and a half ago, I was, uh, we were in Taiwan and um, uh, doing ministry there, and I was asked to speak t- to an organization called Create International. And it's a, an organization that trains digital animators to uh, create uh, films, videos, animated films for use on the mission field, and especially in, with unreached people groups and um, in languages specifically where they don't ha- get a lot of of uh, that kind of material. And um, so it was a unique opportunity for me to be with a bunch of creative people. And um, I was praying about what I should speak to them about and um, felt the, like the, I felt like the Lord told me to talk to them about time management. Now, creative people, they hate anything having to do with deadlines and stuff like that because they want to go deep and, they, you know, don't talk to me until it's done. When it's done, then it'll be done. You know, don't give me deadlines and and uh, um, milestones and that kind of thing. But we all live with you know as, you know creative people when they are making a film. There are deadlines, there are milestones that have to be met, or the thing will never get finished. And there's lots of different groups working together, and they have to coordinate their efforts. And um, so they, like all the rest of us, have to deal with this issue of time management. And I doubt whether anyone in this room. Uh, would uh, say that you've got it all together in terms of that uh, area of your life. I think most of us um, struggle a bit with how to get everything done that we feel like we're supposed to do or that other people think we're supposed to do, right? Anyway, uh, it, it went over pretty well, and here's the thing. We, after that meeting, uh, Sue told me, she said it was helpful to her, and so that was a big deal for me. <laughs> and, and I got to thinking, I had been planning to, do, to begin this week another series of messages with you but after that happened a week and a half ago I really thought you know this is probably something that I should deal with uh, with our congregation so um, I've expanded it out I'm going to take three weeks and we're going to talk about some issues related to that subject and it may be that you don't think it's it's, you know very spiritual and uh, you know that kind of thing that's all right God bless you but um, it'll be over in three weeks and we'll get on to some other things you can you can make it But I do think that this is an issue not just that's, um, you know, self-help kind of thing. I, I believe that this is a spiritual warfare issue, and I'll explain why in just a minute. But before we get any farther into this message, I wanted to show this video.
1: How are you? I just had to send a note to tell you how much I care about you. I don't want you to feel guilty. That's not my style. I think you know that. But I've been waiting. I followed you everywhere today. I saw you talking with your friends. I hoped that you'd want to talk with me too. so many gifts for you. That fiery rise of the sun over the low hills this morning? My idea. That cool resting breeze? Mine too. Remember, I created the sun, the moon, the seas, the stars, and you. I just wanted to reach out and give you a lift and say, I give you this day. I've overcome it. Life is good. I waited, but you didn't notice me. At lunch, the way your food danced on your tongue and satisfied your hunger. I made it that way. I can satisfy your spirit. But you get so busy so distracted, so disconnected. You worry so much. That's not the life I designed for you, the spirit I custom fit for you when you became mine and we wrote your name in the book and sang from the sheer joy of it. That's how I wish you'd react to my name, to my face. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to see the life that I built for you? You're my exquisite creation. We've got a lot to do. You've got some wonderful things to see, lives to dance through, souls to enrich, worlds to change. Are you ready? I am. Listen to the voice of my spirit, the beckoning, the longing, The life I want for you is so very different from the world you see now. Let's get started. Child, I love you with a love you'll never understand. Notice me. Speak to me. Please don't forget about me. I love you. But I won't bother you anymore. It's your decision. I've chosen you, and I will wait.
0: I want to talk to you about the treasure of time and how to spend it wisely. And uh, over the next three weeks, as I've said, we're going to be talking about uh, some things that have to do with that, the first of which is disorganization. Today, we're going to talk about disorganization. I'm going to ask you the question, are you managing time or just managing? And we're going to talk about how to live and work smarter. Next week, we're going to talk about sleep deprivation. I'm going to ask the question, are you beating the clock or just beat? And I'm going to be talking to you about how to stop trading your health for time. The final week, three weeks or two weeks from now, we're going to be talking about stress. I'm going to be uh, asking you the question, is your your life a balancing act? Excuse me, is your life balanced or a balancing act? And we're going to talk about how to maintain uh, life's equilibrium. I've asked you to turn... to Ezekiel, oh, excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one, and we're going to start off there, and then we'll be turning to Ephesians chapter five, verse fifteen. But first of all, Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes three one, it says there, "To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven." There's a couple of things to notice about this. First of all, this is a promise from God. This is a promise from God to you. There is a time for every purpose under heaven. Notice that it doesn't say there's a time for everything. You will not be able to fit everything that uh, life throws at you uh, into your 24 hours a day. Won't happen. But there is a promise from God that there's a time for every purpose. Hold on to that word. It's a really, really important word as we make our way through this morning. There is a time for every purpose under heaven. Now, the reason I said that this is a spiritual warfare issue is because the Bible says, Jesus said this. He said, uh, the, the enemy, the devil, has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's out to take from you the things that God intends for you to have. One of the things that God intends for you and me to have is that there would be a time for every purpose under heaven. And if that's not so in your life, somebody is stealing it and I can tell you who. So whenever we find the enemy of our soul nibbling away at the stuff God intends for us to experience and to have. It's time to stand up and take a stand against Him in the name of the Lord and do spiritual battle. This is not just the stuff of, um, you know... I mean, I used to, when I was in the business world, I used to have to take classes about time management and stuff and it was helpful and I came away with binders full of material that, you know, was of relative value but I I gained something from it. But this is not just about that. This is about the spiritual issue of God wanting us to experience something many of us are not. And so that's why this is important and that's why I want to dive into this with you today. And I want to, Talk with you first about some uh, common factors, things that we're all, uh, that are true for every one of us uh, in regard to this. And the first is we all possess exactly the same amount of time, 24 hours a day. You can't, you know, this is true. This is a truism. We all have, I know there are some people, they seem to have more time than the rest of us, but they don't. We all have exactly the same amount. The second thing that I want to talk to you about in terms of common factors is you cannot, we cannot acquire any more time by any means. Now, you know, if you have, if you don't have enough money, you can do something about that. You can work harder. You can get a second job, water, blah, blah, you know, and, and you can gain more money. If you don't have enough clothes in your closet or food in your pantry, you can do something about that to gain more. A lot of the resources and stuff in our life, we can do something about adding to it. Time you cannot. It's finite. There's nothing you can do to squeeze more out of it, to get more into it. It's what it is. The third thing, we all struggle with the challenge of wisely managing the time we have. Look at, you don't need to say anything. Just look to the person on your right and left and with a knowing nod, (laughs) realize they have the same problem you have. They're dealing with the same issue you're dealing with. So what's the remedy? You know, that's that's what we need to get to. How do we, if we're all dealing with this problem, what do we do about it? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk, that word means live, see then that you live, circumspectly, that means wisely, see then that you live wisely, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming or buying back, rescuing time, because the days are evil, that word evil, it means malignant, it's what you know, when cells in our bodies begin to reproduce in an abnormal way, we call that a malignancy. We call that cancer. It's taking over the healthy tissues of our bodies. The Bible says, Paul writing to the, to the church in Ephesus said, The days that we're living in, they're malignant. There's stuff going on that's taking over our lives. And he says, Because that's true, he said, Live wisely rescue, redeem, or buy back time. And then he gives us an incredibly important key in verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Remember, uh, Ecclesiastes says there's a time for every purpose under heaven. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Is. Now, I, look, I've been a pastor for a long time, and the number one question that people bring to me is What is the Lord's will about blank? Over and over and over, and I understand it because I ask the same thing God, what is your will about blank? I know sometimes it's not easy to feel like we get a sense of the Lord's will about a thing. But I also know we don't have a God who's hiding from us. We don't have a God who's playing games with us. We don't have a God who's making us jump through unnecessary hoops. We have a God who loves us and who wants us to know His will. And so when we come to this subject of time management, you're going to see that knowing the will of the Lord is incredibly important. Getting used to just asking that and expecting the Lord to speak to you is going to be very, very important. Now, because we are um, sin-scarred and we live in a broken world, look, we're never going to get laser-focused on the will of God this side of heaven, I don't think. But I do believe the Lord wants to bring greater focus than many of us have right now to His will for our lives in any given situation. That's what He wants. And Because He's asked us through this uh, passage to make ourselves available to that understanding, understand what the will of the Lord is. So with this scriptural backdrop, I want to talk to you now, having seen that we are supposed to live and work smarter, we're supposed to rescue lost time, and we're supposed to understand what the will of the Lord is, I want to talk to you about the uh, organizational principles. Now, based on the scripture that we just read, I think there are three things that are true of any, anything you, uh, any organizational um, uh, task you take on. Anything you want to organize. You want to organize your garage? How many of you have a junk drawer at home? You know, the thing you just throw everything into? <laughs> Some of you need to organize a project at work. Some of you need to organize your life. Whatever it is that you want to organize... These three things that I'm going to be talking to you about next are always true. They are always true, and they're based on the scriptures we just read. The first, anytime you want to organize something, you have to start with, what's its purpose? Mm -hmm. You know, if I want to organize my junk drawer, I've got to figure out what is the purpose of this drawer. Is this drawer my underwear drawer? (laughs) Or is this drawer my stationary drawer? Is this where I throw all my electronic junk? What is the purpose of this drawer? If I'm going to organize my garage, I've got to figure out, is this garage for my car or is this for my stuff? (laughs) Because most of us have figured out you don't get to do both, right? It's either for your stuff or your car. You have to decide, what is the purpose for your life if you're going to organize it? What is my life about? God, what is my life about? You have to start with purpose if you 're going organ- to if you 're going to have an organized way of approaching a project at work you 've got to know the purpose otherwise you 're going to have mission creep or scope creep, whatever you want to describe it where the the purpose just keeps expanding based on whoever uh, has something else they want to throw at you. You have to know the purpose we always start at the other end of this thing i 'll get to it in a minute. We always start at the other end of this thing where where uh, we begin with how big is the box. And then we just try to fill it up with what, you know, we just throw stuff in there until it's full. That's the wrong way to go about it. We start by thinking, well, I got this big space in my garage. I'll just start throwing stuff in there until it's full. And, eh, it is never going to be an organized situation. You have to start with purpose. Understand the will of the Lord. And, dear ones, I really do not believe we have a God who wants that to be a mystery. I've already said you can come to him and ask him for greater clarity, maybe not perfect, precise clarity about every detail of your life, but greater clarity, a tighter focus. Our God wants us to know his will. The second organizational principle is priorities. Once you have your purpose, then you have to start in a descending order of priorities, right? If I've got my junk drawer and I've decided, okay, this drawer is going to be for my stationary supplies, now I have to decide what's most important out of all my stationary supplies because, uh, you know, I'm only gonna, I've only got so much room. So is it paper? Is it pencils? Is it staples? What is it that's most important? i got to put that in there first. And then, what's next important? i got to put that in there. Eventually, you come to where there's no more room, and that brings us to number three, proportions. We tend to reverse this thing. We start at the bottom with how big is the box instead of what's the purpose of the box. But eventually you do have to ask the question how big is this box because it only will hold so much. You start with purpose and then begin to make your way through the priorities related to that purpose and then you come to the parameters of that or the proportions of that container whether it's your life, your garage, your project, your your junk drawer. You following me so far if you are nod your head or raise your or wave your hand or something. Okay. Thank you. Now, having I sh- probably shouldn't have taken that off the screen because if you're a note-taker, these would be three words to write down. They will help you. But I want to move on to the organizational steps because we got to figure out, well, how do I apply this to my life? First of all, <laughs> stop. Stop ignoring and adding to the problem. At some, I mean, I know it's hard. Uh, everybody has demands on our lives. They come at us from every direction. And I know this is not easy, but I'm telling you, you will never bring organization to whatever it is you're trying to organize until you stop throwing stuff in there, until you just stop heaving junk into that drawer. I've, I've told my wife this. She doesn't quite get this yet, but... I've told her that, you know, there's only so much room in that garage. (laughs) If we add something to it, we have to take something out of it. (laughs) Stop adding to the pile. Number two, define your purpose eliminate, that, that way you can eliminate the inconsistencies. If something doesn't align with your purpose, it might be hard to give up, but you have to. Mm-hmm. You have to. If I can know, if the purpose of my garage is for my car and I can no longer get it in there, I have to define its purpose again and eliminate inconsistencies. Third, establish priorities and then arrange them in order of importance. And fourth, gauge the proportions. And that requires a ruthless respect for capacities. Now, I'm going to come back at these four things in a little different way, um, but we're still here, Okay, These four things. Stop ignoring and adding to the problem. Come to define the purpose. Establish the priorities engage gauge the proportions. Now, <clears throat> this is what my life looks like on most days. Just a jumbled mess of stuff, right? Like a jigsaw puzzle. Does that look familiar to you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can figure out that it must be, there must be some, some order or sense to this thing, but it's just hard to see because it's uh, such a pile, right? And so, if I'm going to do something about that, the first thing I have to do is stop ignoring, stop adding stuff to it. I'm never going to sort this out if I just keep throwing stuff at it. So, I have to stop ignoring and adding to the problem. And then I need to define purpose. What is the purpose? Well, the purpose um, is kind of like the, you know, if you're, if you're uh, doing a jigsaw puzzle. It's really hard to do without the picture of the end result. you got to have the box lid, you know, the thing that shows you what it's supposed to look like when it's all together the way it's supposed to go. If you don't have that, you're shooting in the dark. Can you imagine just somebody drops a big pile of a 1,000 pieces of a jigsaw puzzle and says, put that together. Well, what's it supposed to look like? You figure it out. It's not going to go well. But a lot of us try dealing with life like that. And so purpose establishes what we're supposed to look like at the end of the day. It gives us a sense of where we're going, what we're shooting for, what God has in mind. And now we can start to deal with the pile. And one of the first things that we're going to deal with or see is that there's some inconsistencies here. There is no green and red uh, box in that picture. So those things I can get rid of they don't belong. I may not want to get rid of my green box, but you know, it doesn't fit the picture. But now that I know the picture is what the picture is, I know those things don't fit. That's why purpose is so incredibly incredibly important. And then we need to establish priorities. Establishing priorities is like when you have the jigsaw puzzle and you start to put the edges together, right? It starts to make the thing look like where you're headed. It starts to resemble something. It gives you some boundaries, a way to start aligning other things to it. And so once you have the priorities in place and start to work through them in descending order, things come together relatively easy after that. The hard, part, most of the hard work is done at this point. And you can see that my life is starting to resemble my purpose. That's a good thing. The problem is <clears throat> we still need to gauge proportions and be ruthlessly respecting the boundaries and parameters and proportions of our lives because what's going to happen next is there's going to be more pieces show up. And they kind of look like they should fit. They, They look like they ought to go somewhere in my picture. They look like they resemble my purpose. They have some resemblance to my priorities. But as you can see, I don't have any more room. This is the toughest thing after defining your purpose. The toughest part of all of this is starting to say no. I have to say no. I don't have any room for that. It, don't, it does not fit. Oh, it's hard for me. Eileen Santana was talking to me this morning asking me how come I wasn't feeling better. <laughs> and, um, you know, good nurse, she wants me to be all well. And uh, I said to her, I don't really know. And she said, well, are you getting enough rest? I think so, but I, I said, so I don't, I, I think so. <clears throat> the problem is, and I, and I think I do a pretty good job of, of making sure that I get enough rest. But I, I, I got to confess, I do try to cram more into my life than I should. It's hard for me to say no. It's really, really hard for me to say no. And maybe that's true for you too. But if we don't... Now, look, there are some people that say no and they still have spots in their, in their picture. If that's you, God bless you. Most of us, however... We have trouble with the extra pieces and knowing what to do with them. And the thing, the, the knowing what to do with them is to say no. But when that happens, life starts to resemble God's purpose for your life a whole lot more. I want that. I think you do too. And I know God does. Now... The Bible study's over at this point. I've said the things that I need to say, and hopefully the Holy Spirit, if there's anything of value here, will distill that out into your life. But I am going to do just a couple more things. I'm going to give you some miscellaneous organizational tips, and, um, and they're just for what it's worth to you. Okay, I, This is a, a, a distillation of personal experience and training and whatnot. I've already said I've been to a lot of seminars and courses and read a lot of books about life management and time management and so on. And a lot of it, uh, you know, really is not all that useful. But some things were. And these are some of the things that have distilled out in my own life that have helped me. And the first thing is that write everything down. Write everything down. Or type it. <laughs> Nobody writes anymore. But anyway, get it down. When, we, uh, when the owner of this building engaged the general contractor to do the work for us on the new encounter auditorium and the office space, there's a lot of work that needed to be done. They had to uh, build a wall around a roll-up door. Uh, they had to insulate that roll-up door so it wouldn't rattle when it was windy. They had to put heating and air conditioning in that room. They had to put lighting. They had to build a hallway into this uh, part of our building. It was a lot of work that had to be done. And uh, when we did the initial walkthrough, the owner, me, and the general contractor, I noticed he wasn't taking any notes. He wasn't writing anything down. And he even said this to me because he could see the, the curious look on my face. He said, oh, I, I keep it all right up here. <laughs> that was the day I knew I was going to be the general contractor. <laughs> and sure enough, man, uh, there it, we've been in that Using that space now for two months, and there are still things that aren't done. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just sad. But I, I understand. I mean, we all want to think, oh, well, I, I can remember that. As a 59 year old person, uh, let me just tell you that it gets worse, not better. <laughs> and you, you might as well start planning for the day you're going to be as senile as I am. <laughs> Seriously, it will take the pressure off of you if you start to learn to use a uh, to-do list. Write it down. Write it down. Number two, handle documents once. Whether it's digital or analog, when you pick up that piece of mail or you see that email come in or whatever, that's when you do something about it. Don't save it for later. It just piles up. You know, file it trash it, respond to it, do something right now. Third, group activities. A lot of us, I mean all of us, we have all kinds of stuff we have to get done in our day. It seems counterintuitive because we want to just hit the ground running and just start putting out fires, but that's really not a way to, to live life. What you have to do is, is take the extra time. I know it's, it's painful, but take the extra time to sort of map out a logical way to get all these things done. If I have to run a lot of errands in a day, i got to go to the grocery store, i got to go to the bank, i got to go to the post office, i got to get my uh, oil changed in my car, the best thing for me to do is not just get my car and start driving here and there and everywhere. The best thing for me to do is to um, make a geographic plan. What's the, what's the way to get to these places in the shortest amount of time? It takes extra time up front, but it'll help you. Group your activities, make more, take more advantage. Buy back rescue time that way. Fourth, master interruptions. Our lives are full of interruptions. <clears throat> and so what do you do about that? Well, I don't, I don't know the full answer to it, but I know we have to do better about controlling the gate to our lives. Um, don't. I would say in this day when... We, we have 24-7, 365 access to us from anybody, anywhere, by text, email, phone, Facebook Messenger, blah, 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 on and on. We've got to learn how to have some sort of control over that. Because otherwise, the things that are important, the things that are about our purpose and our priorities, just get shoved out of the way, and uh, we can't afford that. And then finally, beat the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule applies to lots of different things, but it applies to your life in this area as well. Look, there's always stuff that you have to do that doesn't align with your purpose. I have to take the garbage out every week, and I'm not really sure how that relates to my life's purpose. <laughs> but it has to be done, right? There are toilets that have to be cleaned at home, and I, you know, it really has very little to do with my pastoring. Well, maybe it has more to do with it than I thought, yeah. but anyway... And so there's always going to be some amount of your life that spent on stuff that's, you know, not exactly aligned to your purpose. But we need to get that closer to 20% instead of the 80% that we mostly give to it. Most of us spend 80% of our time doing the stuff that doesn't align with our purpose. Let's turn that on, turn that on its head and ask the Lord to help us to be able to spend 80% of our time on the things for which he's called and designed and created us. That would be a good place to say amen. Amen. Let's live that way. Let's let the Lord turn that thing upside down. Now, many of you have um, wished us a happy anniversary today. Today is our 40th wedding anniversary. We've been building up to it for a year. Mm -hmm. I, I have lived with this woman in sheer delight for four decades. I can't believe it because it's gone by like that. Just like that. I wrote in my card to her today, I pray to God that we have another four decades together and then eternity after that. But look, I don't want to be looking at my life in the rearview mirror. I want to live it. I want to live my life. And I know God, that's God's desire for me and it's his desire for you too.
1: This is recording number 11106 from the Teaching Ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, May 25, 2014. This is the first message in a series titled, The Treasure of Time. How to spend it wisely. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Disorganization. Are you managing time, or just managing? How to live and work smarter.